0: Welcome to Take Note. This is a podcast about paying attention and keeping a notebook. I am here with my buddy, Ted. Hey, Adam. Hey, Ted. Happy President's Day. Thank you. Will you be buying a mattress?
1: (laughs) I'm always... You know, I keep my mind open. Like, if the right president comes along (laughs) offering
0: me a mattress... (laughs) On the show, we uh we start by talking about what's in our notebook. So, uh, Ted, yeah, happy fourth anniversary to the podcast. And what do you got in your notebook? Wow, that's what a
1: lead-in to yeah. uh, to the what do you got? Um, you didn't
0: know you had to deliver anniversary level content. <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay, uh, I just got off a coaching workshop Zoom call. Uh, so I wanted to write down a few of the principles that I learned in this workshop that I will be applying to this podcast episode. Right.
0: This is your life coaching workshop, right?
1: This is, this is literally coaching that I'm bringing into a larger sphere. Uh, first bullet point, be specific and truthful. Uh, so Adam, your intro was... A little slow and lackluster. <laughs> I mean, um,
0: <laughs>
1: fair I, enough. I'm you tell it, me that I'm every time. It into the, I'm bringing it into the. podcast. Okay. okay. Second bullet point: establish a mistake ritual. So when something goes wrong, it's a you know it's a way to say, "Hey, we're we're going to move past it." So I'm going to say, Adam, your intro. <laughs> um, I, I here I have a little a little toilet over on the side of the recording studio we're taking that intro we're throwing it in the toilet and we're flushing it away so it's gone we're moving on um
0: this is what you're supposed to be doing with children
1: next bullet point (laughs) uh five positive statements for for every criticism
0: okay so i'm looking for 10 Uh, from you right now (laughs) uh
1: and then and last oh we're skipping
0: past the positive examples (laughs) We had
1: I don't time. Want to take up, I wanna take up all all of our time. All right. All right I'll give I'll give you one positive no, four, I don't. four amazing years. Thank you. Four amazing That's great.
0: years. It's like four uh,
1: yep. Final final bullet point. Winner's circle. So let's say at the end of the podcast we're just gonna stop and we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna appreciate the wins and say something that we appreciate about each other. It doesn't have to happen now, it can happen later. Um, yeah, I mean, we'll let's see if we make it to the end of the podcast that. without one of us storming
0: <laughs> off in tears. Happy fourth anniversary. I've got, I've got tips on how to deal with that.
1: <laughs> I've got tips on how to deal with that situation, too. Uh, you know, when things go off the rails, you know, find out. May, I might spend some time finding out what motivates you. Like, what do you value? Is there like a nickname that you would get excited about or, you know? <laughs> something like that so those are just a few uh pointers from this coaching workshop that i wanted to bring into the podcast so adam
0: what do you got my goodness um <laughs> <laughs> uh all right well i've got nothing compared to that but oh geez mistake ritual time no uh, <laughs> uh i've been reading uh the dana stevens book on buster keaton the cameraman oh. i I love Buster Keaton my kids love Buster Keaton in fact a little, little side note I heard W Kamau Bell say that comedy always dies on the vine that no comedian you know the age um, or I guess outdatedness kills comedy not Buster yeah. Keaton anyway um, I don't know if I, I don't know if I agree with that statement that comedy dies on the vine or that Buster Keaton yeah. outlasts them all well that comedy dies okay. on the vine Yeah, I mean, maybe I misunderstood him, but I don't think so. Anyway, so I'm I'm reading this book on Buster Keaton by Dana Stevens. It's a really good book. And um, I I started searching for a pork pie hat for myself, you know, because I'm just thinking about him and his pork pie hat and then watching the movies while I'm reading the book, watching the short films, the pork pie hat. And I sent Jennifer a listing to a, uh, like, a pork pie hat, leather pork pie hat on Jennifer, no, leather pork pie hat on Etsy. And uh, she she texts me back. She goes, uh, I noticed in all the pictures that uh, the men who are where, who bought that item were all old. And I said, yeah, I noticed that, too. It's just a bunch of old people buying pork pie hats. I also don't think my head is the right shape for a pork pie hat. I'm no Tom Waits. I'm no Buster Keaton, Ted.
1: So pork pie, it's got the little short brim. It's
0: kind of ang- angled. Yep. That's right. Yeah. I, uh... Uh, Back when I lived in Alston, Massachusetts, there was a man who stood in front of the store 24 who asked for money to buy lottery tickets. I'm sure I've told you this before. It's one of the defining moments of my life. And uh, he said to me, I mean, I don't know how it came up, but he said to me, you, you need a bowler hat. (laughs)
1: What an amazing thing to say to a person.
0: Yep, and I should probably give him a buck, too. Then you want to play the lottery. Yep.
1: Uh, well, you you used to wear a Kangol style <laughs> hat long <laughs> ago, did you not? That was Samuel L. Jackson, Ted. <laughs> I did. I had, t- <laughs> a, I, I had a flat cap, a newsy cap for a while myself.
0: Yeah, uh, that was, I mean, I think that was. I was. I think I was wearing a Kangol hat at the same time as Samuel L. Jackson. So that was um, late '90s, where I was trying to affect that Kangle hat, and um, I thought, it worked. I, thought yeah, it worked. I got a letter from the Kangle Corporation suggesting that maybe I stop. They were going to go I with mean, Samuel the, L. Jackson.
1: The world of, I I mean, I think cowboy hats you you can get away with. Uh, I mean, we've. The the uh the Stetson open road is a it's almost a a bridge between cowboy and I don't know what you would call that other kind of hat that these other things fit into um so but the cowboyness of it kind of you know keeps a little something there but boy is it hard to pull off uh, an old fashioned hat
0: hey everybody this is a uh, this is a real transition here that we recorded at the same time as the podcast very natural situation not something I recorded afterwards and Ted's gonna pick up right where we left off
1: yeah I've been thinking um, thinking about notebooks in the work context uh, and I have this this funny quirk that I thought I might mention on the podcast because it's maybe one of those things that you know, you don't ever talk about it with anybody, but, but maybe I'm not the only one. Uh, when I am, even when I'm sitting at my computer, two monitors in front of me, keyboard, mouse, the whole works. Um, if even if I'm reading something on the screen, you know, maybe it's an article or I'm digging into some work thing where I got to, you know, make edits or something. I compulsively have to have a piece of paper or a notebook in front of me on the desk with a pen in my hand, ready to do something, I don't know, take notes on what I'm reading, even even if I'm doing track changes in a document, like the compulsion for me to have a piece of paper to write on is, is so strong that it's like uncomfortable if I can't put it in place. It's just, and I, I think about my 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 brain and the, what my brain needs in order to like accomplish focus or something is this a but newer um,
0: thing for you or is it i mean have you been suffering from I this for a while so.
1: I, I i think i don't know if i call it suffering uh, enjoy i've been enjoying this for quite some time this this little compulsion no i think it's i think it's like an extension of you know always having a pen in your hand and you know, spinning it around or fidgeting with it or whatever. It's some version of that. But, you know, I I think there's just different... Like, for example, if I am trying to complete a somewhat complex series of actions, the kind of thing that you start and then you get distracted by what's on another screen and you totally lose track of where you are in a progression... Like, for me, writing those out by hand, sort of separate from the computer where I'm doing all the work, is, like, that works for me.
0: Just, are so you writing like, out the steps that you need to
1: do? Sometimes I write out the steps that you would never, you wouldn't bother to, you know, type, open a Word document and type those steps. But, yeah, it, it could even be, I'll sometimes just break it down to, like, you know, create a new folder like, open the email with the attachment that you need. Open the attachment. You know, I almost sometimes have to just uh, slice it out into those kind of steps. And this is a sort of attention thing, too. But doing that by hand on paper feels to me like I'm helping my brain. You know, I'm using the analog tool to help my brain complete the task on the computer. It's this triangulation thing that... Uh, I don't know. It's kind of interesting. It's, it, it's not even a complaint. Um, cause it, you know, part of it is the physical satisfaction or the, the tactile sensation of having something in front of me that's not keying in information on a screen and just whatever that balance is, I think, uh, is something that I've observed about
0: myself. Well, that, Kind of. So I'm not doing that exactly. I'm doing something that it's not it's not particularly remarkable, except that I am more recently, I'm aware that I'm doing it and I'm purposely doing it, which is that I always have a notebook next to me so that when I when something comes up that I need to do that I think of while I'm doing something else, I jot it down. And, you know, that's. I've done that informally for a while and I've made a point of doing it more recently. We were talking about, um, I think we've talked about it on the show before. And I know we talked about it before this show, the Ezra Klein interview with Annie Murphy, Paul, um, we got a blog post on our site about it. And there's just a reference to that. That's what Ezra does with his notebook. And, um, he's got a notebook to the side and writes down so that he doesn't have to think about what he needs to do. And, Mm. uh, You know, so I've been more aware of doing that lately, and I think to some degree I've always had a scrap of paper next to me. And the other thing I've been doing for just productivity lately since, you know, since the beginning of the year, since planner season started again, is I make a point to write down the three things that I need to get done at the beginning of the day and then try to get those done right away. And that's different from what you're talking about, but it is... um, and th- those can be bigger things, but if the you know that's just a me- that's a good way to get things done is to. But isn't it true
1: that to do that on paper means so much more than to type it into a I don't know sticky note on on, a, on the desktop or uh, a, a notebook you know opening the notebook function on on your windows whatever like writing those out by hand has a different meaning somehow
0: sure it does i mean i agree but i if i think if i think back to um summer of 2020 i became obsessed with my um urgent important task list where every task that needed to get done I gave a code of urgency and importance and then I sorted them uh, in a very neurotic way because it seemed like there were so many tasks that needed to get done and it seemed like I was drowning in that, um, you, know, you know, summer, first COVID summer. And frankly, that was really effective too. So I would love to say that, yes, I couldn't get these tasks done if I didn't write the three things down that I needed to get down, write down. I, I would love to say that, like, yeah, because that's pencil and paper that helps me more. But, you know, I don't know. I'm not sure. That that other thing, that the spreadsheet I had going, where that I was constantly resorting, was working pretty well too. And, um, you know, I think that other notebook on the other side of my computer, where as soon as something occurs to me, I write it down. I mean, I think that's really important. And that goes back, I think, to like the... Um, getting things done, blanking on that guy's name, but just the, you know, that you don't ever want that list living in your head because that's exhausting and you're trying to remember that and
1: the stress of it. I mean, one of my biggest challenges at work is in the course of clicking through all the 84 different places you have to go to accomplish any task, I will see an mm-hmm. email related to it a completely different track and just my brain's like no well, okay let's yes. think about that and and i just i get i get slipped off of one track and onto another almost to a satirical level like yep. where i will spend the next 10 minutes down another track and like forget where i even started yeah it's ridiculous so and I think taking myself out of that digital realm where it's such a, it's just such a almost a nightmare. I think that's what the paper does for me in a sense. It says like, okay, you could just look at a piece of paper, and not just not walk into this minefield of attention that feels like I'm a trap of my own making, or like it's like this work that we have to do. We're just setting these traps and and. It feels like painful
0: that 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 reminds me last week. I said to my coworker that what I need and and it'd be great actually, maybe our listeners know the answer to this, but what I would love to find a way to do is to go into Gmail without looking at my inbox um <laughs> and maybe yeah. you know just as I'm saying it right now, maybe there's a way to like like I'm sure there's a URL that takes you directly to like your starred mail or your sent mail or something. And maybe I need to be making a point of purposely um, going to that URL enough times that when I start to type in Gmail, the default address it gives me is that one. Because so often I need to go into my email. And I, I think this is kind of what you were saying, or maybe exactly what you're saying. I need to go into my email for some sort of file or to refer to something and what I'd really like to do is to be able to search for that thing without Before seeing what's in there. my inbox. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah.
1: Well, even a start is not going to help you. Even a scent is not going to help you. It's to go to that search. Yeah. So it's like you could, yeah, yeah. But no, no I think the like, scent if...
0: could potentially help me because in theory, what's in my mail? I don't know because I haven't done this, but what's in my sent mail is not any. Anything sitting in my inbox or new in my inbox that I need to, that distracts me from what I'm trying to do. Typically, I think, or for the most part, what's in my sent email are things that I've already responded to. That's fair. I don't know.
1: I like this idea. Skip the inbox.
0: Yeah. It's a good idea.
1: I mean, an email inbox is like, why, why have we done this to ourselves? Or I don't know. How do you, how do you? How do you shut that off in some kind of way? Yeah. So but then I, everything we everything we're doing is in that email. Right, so you, you're you sucked right back in again. Uh,
0: so we have three quarters of an idea here, and maybe that <laughs> works. Of going being how <laughs> I can't speak how you would uh, how you would skip that inbox. But I bet that m- maybe our listeners have already solved this problem. Maybe m- most of the world knows how to do this, and somebody could tell us how they get into their email without seeing their inbox. Um, Because I'd like to, yeah, I'd like to figure that out, and I'd like to make that a habit.
1: Well, one way to skip your inbox is to
0: choose a typewriter, I've heard. Yes, yes, you won't. Your your typewriter will probably not uh, have incoming messages for you. We, I mentioned uh, on the show last week briefly, unless we edited edited it, unless we edited it out, um, that uh, that we have we've started taking in more orphaned uh, typewriters here in my house. You're a typewriter rescue. We are a typewriter rescue. My wife has developed a um, hobby. She really likes cleaning them up and hunting them hunting him down, and then cleaning them up, and then we use them. And so we've got, I don't know, we've got three typewriters out and in usable order right now. A um, Hermes Rocket, an Olympia something, and a Brother typewriter. Like a newer, Not it's not an Electric typewriter, but it's maybe the newest of the Brothers we have. I don't know exactly what kind it is. And then there's a few others that are on the shelf that we've had for maybe 20 years. Um, but you know what we found surprisingly is like just all members of the family my my two sons my wife and i are just delighting in just typing up whatever on them and um my son out of nowhere the other day was like i'm writing a poem on it because he he went from we're learning poetry in english class and i hate poetry and they're teaching me about amanda gorman um (laughs) to to uh that night I'm gonna write a poem. He writes a poem on this typewriter. the The seven year old loves it too, and we're we're all just, you know, we're all having a great time with it. And there's something about well, that tactile thing. You know, some I'm families so go mechanical of... keyboard, but like we're we go <laughs> we're going typewriter. Are you leaving? Is this you know they're out on the dining room table yes. kind of a thing yeah, going they on? Are. Yep, they're out on the table. I love that. And what I've what I've done a couple times now because. You know, it also makes you just like, oh, well, what am I going to write? What you'll
1: you'll notice, listener, is that I just provided Adam with a piece of positive (laughs) feedback, which I can count as my ratio of positive to criticism.
0: You know, I do not think that really was positive feedback, honestly, that you love that we leave typewriters out on the table. I think that is weak sauce, but it reminds me, uh, (laughs) yesterday, my wife said to me, because I had had some dry skin. And she goes, oh, your face looks better. And I said, that is not a compliment. That is, that is, you have basically just said, your face looked worse. <laughs> <laughs> now, you're,
1: you're, you're back approaching the baseline once again.
0: Yeah. Oh, looks better. Yeah. Yep. Uh, yeah. So I, the other thing about the typewriter is you just, you start to look for things to write and so what i've done a couple times is uh, i've i've changed the margins so that will it'll i can paste the paper inside my field notes when i'm done with it and i have written just like a couple of you know like a paragraph a bunch of sentences about things i did that day one sentence little things maybe maybe inspired by that Billy Collins, just make a list of things you did that day. But I don't do it as a list. I more just do it as a paragraph. But it's a, it's a different type of notebook writing than I normally do. Yeah. Because normally I sit down in my notebook and I write the number. Like the first thing I'm writing that day is one. And then the next thing that I get to is number two. And I, I expound on something like the uh, Buster Keaton pork by hat situation you know but this is just one sentence i listened to this i you know i don't know i did this i i listened to some interview I uh, ted and i texted about monocle magazine which felt nerdy but satisfying that sort of thing i read mm-hmm. the stone boy um read an article about squarespace podcast ads you know just one sentence one sentence one sentence which is just not how i normally use my notebook
1: Um, so, well, but the, I mean, the beauty of it is that typing anything is, is, is its own thing. Yep. And
0: And you think about, you know, I think we've all found with the typewriters in our house that we are, you think a little bit more about what you're about to say, say it in more of a concise way, which I, which I'm not looking for when I write in my notebook, I'm looking to just kind of unload in a way. I'm not looking to be pithy or, um, yeah. Yeah.
1: Well, you know, I, I think in a sense when you open up that word document on a computer and you don't have that feeling of uh, tactile connection to what you're doing, it changes that dynamic, you know, writing something mundane into a word document is very different than typing something mundane, quote unquote, uh, with a typewriter or you know even by hand <clears throat> by hand in your notebook or with a nice fountain pen or you know <clears throat> lots of different variations but i think uh i don't know i think that you know gets at some of the dna of this this analog idea is appreciating that the the way that you interact with the materials around you makes a difference for how you're thinking about it and how you feel and and the satisfaction you get and ultimately kind of pushing you into more reflection and and
0: appreciation and gratitude I don't know I I, I agree so and that reminds me the mechanical keyboard did, did you 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 retired the mechanical keyboard early is that right because people at came work, back to the office at work yeah well
1: uh, I yearn for it. I long for it. I miss it.
0: Uh, but there are people around me now. But no one complained. You just felt a little yes, self conscious about it, right? That's true. Yes. So we've yes. talked about this in our house, and um, my wife thought that was hilarious. And uh, and and uh, I think you got to bring the mechanical keyboard back out. Put her in, Coach. She's ready to play. Well,
1: let's do this again next week, Adam. Before we go, quick winner's circle. Uh, I just want to acknowledge you for for four years of connection, uh, transparency, wisdom, insight. Great work out there. Wow. Great work. Well, I was... I really appreciate you.
0: I was going to make a joke. But instead, I just want to acknowledge that this is the second time someone called me wise today.
1: <laughs> uh, you can find us on the internet at takenote.space. That's a website. Um, <clears throat> you can find us on Twitter at takenotepod. Uh, if you go over to the website, shoot us a note. Let us know uh, what little analog components you feel compelled to fold into your otherwise dispirited, dispiritingly digital lifestyle or work style. In the meantime, take care.